Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe and fun place to get real and learn about sex. Whether you're a man or woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. I am your host, Kevin Anthony, and I am here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and your relationships. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 288. And it is titled, What Causes Low Sex Drive in Women and How to Fix It? This is, I think, going to be a great conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have a guest with me today. One of the things that I hear men complain about all the time when I work with men, just men as opposed to couples, is... She never wants to have sex. I'm always trying. She's always making excuses, blah, blah, blah. Now, of course, when I'm working with men, most of the time, the first question I have to ask them is, what are you doing wrong? (laughs) Because the reality is, is there are a lot of things that men are either doing or not doing that are uh, not motivating her. Um, or unincentivizing her, which I, I, have, I have a feeling we're probably going to get into some of those things. But there are also some things going on in the women's side too. And so what I'm hoping we can cover today is that, like what, what are men doing that maybe uh, is disincentivizing her? Um, what could they be doing to incentivize her? What types of things are women dealing with that they uh, may be out of balance or they're not aware of that they could fix to change that? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I think this will be a fascinating conversation for both men and women. So when you hear what causes low sex drive in women, don't think this is geared specifically towards women. This is going to be valuable, I think, for both men and women. Okay, before we do that, a quick word from my sponsor, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The Men's Sexual Mastery Program you have heard about on the show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there's anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight uh, new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there's also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go now to powerandmastery.com. That is powerandmastery.com. The link is in the description below. Okay, my guest today is Susan Morgan Taylor. She is a holistically oriented licensed professional counselor, somatic therapist, and intimacy and relationship coach, specializing in sex therapy, communication, and marriage and relationship help for individuals and couples. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and really excited to just like dive into this topic with you. It's clearly a huge passion of mine. So yeah, I will just kind of let you take the lead. And what do you want to know? What do your listeners want to hear about? Because I know we're going to have a really juicy conversation on this today. Oh, yes. And if it goes anything like the conversation you and I had on your show, I expect it to be quite good. (laughs) So let's start with Um, You know, I read the bio and it does tell people about your background, but you know, whenever I have a guest expert on, especially somebody who's really passionate about a topic like you are about this one, I think it's good to start with, you know, what you do, like, how did you come to be so passionate about this? How, you know, a little bit of background first. Yeah, I love sharing my story, Kevin. And I think that probably would be a really good spot to start because it really informs a why I'm so passionate about what I do specifically women's sexuality and then also like what do I do when I work with clients I work a lot with couples as well as individuals um my passion for this topic specifically low desire in women really started because I was that woman I was in a marriage of 10 years and I could have cared less about sex like literally uh I could Go months and not really care. And then the sex that I was having was really not, I didn't really know anything else was right. And it was just like something was missing for me, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. I knew I wanted something more. I wanted something deeper. I wanted that spiritual connection. There was just some more that I was longing for, which I title that the unidentifiable more that was in me. And really this driver that eventually led me to kind of be where I am today. Um, and, you know, not really knowing 
sex or even really about my own body. I just kind of did what a lot of women do. And I just blamed my partner like, oh, well, he's just not a good lover. Or he just doesn't know how to take me to those deep places. Um, so I kind of just put it on him and bless his heart. Like he was out there trying to figure it out and do research and, you know, but like it, whatever, like I just was really not, um, not getting what I wanted sexually, spiritually. And then a lot of other things too, that were contributing to my lack of interest in sex, which I think we'll, we'll definitely touch on. There was a lot of contextual stuff that was happening in that relationship that was looking back and what I know now, like, well, no wonder, no wonder my body didn't want to open. Um, no wonder I completely, completely lost interest in sex it all makes sense to me now fast forward that marriage ended um and i ended up in a relationship with a man who promised me all kinds of amazing sexual experiences he's what you call a trained man and his name shall remain anonymous for the purposes of our show today casey's out there watching um and he you know kind of said, oh, I'm going to make your body do this, this, and that, and you're going to have all these experiences. I was like, wow, like I've always wanted to have a full body orgasm. That sounds amazing. Uh, well, he did not deliver. That relationship ended pretty quickly, as quickly as it started. But where it left me was really realizing like, wow, I'm kind of in the same spot I was when I ended my marriage. You know, and here's this person that had all this sexuality training and promised he was going to like rock my world and like really didn't follow through on that. So I sort of had this moment of uh, an aha moment of realizing like, wow, I've really always made my partners responsible for my sexual pleasure. And surely if other people out there can have these amazing full body orgasmic experiences or or if a man like that says he can like deliver that to a woman, then surely it has something to do with my body being able to have that experience. I, I just had this moment of realizing like, it's not anything out there that's outside of me. It must be something that I can find within myself. So I made a commitment to undergo the study of my own sexuality. I remember the day very clearly. It was like a Tuesday in December in 2011 in Austin, Texas, cold day, sunny. And I just was like, I really am going to figure this out. I want to figure out how my body works and my sexual energy works. I want to have these deeper experiences that I've never been able to experience with a partner. There's there's got to be a way to find that within myself. So the day I made that declaration, or very shortly thereafter, well, a couple things happened. One, I made a commitment to work with my body every every week. I would make a date with myself. I call it like a pleasure date. And I would light candles and put on music. And I would take two hours just to be with my body. Um, and started to really uncover a lot about my body as I was having those dates with myself. Um, one of the things I discovered was I didn't have a lot of sensation in my my genitals. It was kind of numb down there. Like so I could have lots of orgasms, um, but I didn't have a lot of actual sensitivity in my genitals. So I started to really work with slowing down, getting more present, um, being present with the numbness. And what I felt what happened was I had massive release of emotional content that came out as I just slowed down, I got present. You know, I'd get frustrated, like, why am I not feeling anything? And then under that would just be this massive explosion of just like grief that all would just move up my body and pour out of my heart. So I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then all of a sudden what happened is I started to have more sensation after I would have these big emotional releases. I had books that jumped off the shelf. I have a, had another crazy experience with it, which it's almost too weird to like get into. I'm going to write about it in my book, which I'm working on. But I also had a an interaction with a sex therapist over the phone that totally changed my life. Fast forward a few weeks after, you know, so I'm about a month into this like exploration and I'm in a self-pleasure practice. And I have this moment where this wave of energy just moved up from the bottom of my feet up through my entire body. My hands were like vibrating. My face went numb and all of this love all this pleasure just like poured out of my body like a wave and in that moment I had this realization of like oh my gosh like this is who I am like I am love I am pleasure I am orgasm and all that I had done was removed the obstacles that had been in the way of my capacity to experience those states within myself so I realized very quickly in that moment of like wow like nobody 
gives this to me. Like no lover can like deliver this to me. Like, here, I'm going to give you pleasure because it's something that actually arises inherently within my body when all the obstacles are removed. And the obstacles are things like emotional, like ten- emotional tension, physical tension, psychological tension, all the things that I had like bunched up that was covering that up that I had, you know, over the course of a few weeks kind of unwound. And I thought, my gosh, like if more women knew this about themselves, like the world would be a happier place because women would be enjoying sex and men would be actually getting more sex. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> You're like totally with me on this. That was the moment I decided I wanted to um, really focus on sex therapy. I was actually in graduate school during this sexual exploration, getting my degree in counseling. And I was like, wow, I want to help more women find this within themselves. Um and that was really the turning point for me. A few months later, about six or seven months later, I was able to attract a lover into my life um, who was like really interested in learning, right? He was interested in some of the stuff you and I talked about and that you teach, you know, lasting longer, slowing down, becoming more present, more conscious during sex, delaying orgasm, delaying climax, um, which is a practice that I even experimented with. We can talk about that maybe later, but was able then to kind of take all these things I was experimenting with on myself and then bring that into a partnership. And like to this day, like, wow, like that experience with him really, it changed both of our lives. Um, to be able to really be met in that and explore together and have all kinds of new sexual experiences where suddenly I'm like, wow, I'm like a ravenous, like a ravenous (laughs) sex goddess, you know, like going from like zero, totally uninterested to like, wow, like this is amazing. Um, I feel so alive. And how can I help other people be able to experience this because it really is possible. And it's really just a matter of getting the the obstacles in the way cleared out. Yeah. So if that's not the best advertisement for your work ever, become a ravenous sex goddess. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that you shared there uh, that I'd like to talk about. I mean, one of which simply is, is the experience you had, I have watched happen in numerous women, either friends and or lovers of mine throughout the years where not so, maybe they weren't all at no sex drive, but they were like most women, they were shut down somewhere, right? Due to whatever past experiences, abuse, you know, whether it's physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse, whatever, like, and we'll talk about all those things in a bit, but, but there was something preventing them from really becoming that ravenous sex goddess. And once that is released, they literally become that they become insatiable. They're jumping you every second, you know, and they're just like, it's, it's amazing. It really is. So I just want people to know that that's possible. And you're a living example of that. Yes. Um, a couple other interesting things in your story. So this guy that promised you all of these things that he was going to do to you. Okay. I am a trained man. I am rather good at what I do. I would never say that to a woman ever. I just wouldn't do it. I mean, for multiple reasons, one of which there's no guarantee, right? Second of all, you know, what the real magic happens as a co-creation. So if you're not able to go there for whatever reasons, it's not going to happen. And third, as a guy, look, the reality is, is I always say mileage will vary, right? Like our ability to perform well and use our genitals and control our ejaculation, there's a lot of factors there. You know, how, is it late at night and, and you're tired? That affects performance. Have you been sick recently and you're recovering? That affects your, are you under a lot of stress? That affects your performance. You know, did, did you drink any alcohol? Like there's so many things that, that affect performance. There's no way I would show up to a woman and say, I can deliver the best sex you've ever had. And I give you full body orgasms every time where it's just like, that is the first red flag. So ladies, if a man comes up to you and says that to you, you probably want to go in the other direction. (laughs) Run run the other way. Run run the other way. Yes. (laughs) Um, And also you were sharing about somebody who came in and was willing to learn and was willing to go through that process with you. So that's really what it's about. It's that co-creative process. So I love the fact that you brought out that it's not a man that gives stuff to you, right? Just like a woman doesn't necessarily give stuff and orgasms to a man. We come together and we create an environment that enables us to go there with the help of somebody, but it doesn't, you know. Right. 
Absolutely. And I think that was a lot of it for me too. When I found in my own body, the pathway to my own pleasure, that's why the name of my business is Pathway to Pleasure, because literally it's a pathway within our own body. And what happened for me, it's like, wow, I found this pathway. Like love then was like, I'm, I am love. So I don't have to like go out and like seek for love out there. I don't have to go grab onto a relationship or grab onto a man, like trying to get love because I, I experienced myself as love. My body's capacity for pleasure was just already there. I had just had, I just had to learn to access it. And so what came to my mind was like, wow, I could literally get really any guy off the street like show him all right you know here's kind of how and what and like any guy could help me get there but only because I had found it within myself so to an extent it almost wouldn't matter what anyone did to me up till that point because I wasn't in a place where I was able really to surrender that deeply or to allow myself to um to experience what I was able to experience Right. So, yeah. So, we have to open that within ourselves first. I want to talk a little bit more about your personal experience and your blocks and how they might relate to blocks that other women uh, have. But before I do that, uh, I did have a question about whether or not you had any statistics on percentage of women who experience low libido. Because I have a feeling this is a much bigger number than most people realize. Off the top of my head, I would have to go back and look. I think I've got it somewhere on my website, actually, and one of my web pages on there. It's a lot. And I think that really, like, it depends on what lens you're looking through. If you're looking through Western, Western sexology and sort of the Western medical model, the the rates are pretty high. But kind of also that that whole thing in the Western medical model gets diagnosed as a disorder. They call it hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And I, like, this is not a, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely an epidemic, but it's not a disorder. And, you know, the way that I think Western medicine tries to cure that largely doesn't work. The female Viagra was a total flop. Now they've got something where you put a shot into your thigh that, makes you nauseous and gives you headaches like well I mean, we've already been using that excuse to have sex like do we need another reason to like feel nauseous and have a headache <laughs> like maybe it makes you want sex but i think what's often ignored is sort of the contextual influences um that really feed into a woman's libido and desire that is really overlooked and i i don't know the percentage off the top of my head if you've got some numbers feel free to throw them out it's well, a lot one of the reasons why i wanted to ask you that is because my experience working in this industry is that the number is high however yeah. when i went out to actually look for statistics for this episode I found that the only statistics that I could really find on the internet were dealing with postmenopausal women. Oh, interesting. Which is a whole different thing, right? There's a whole yeah. other potential set of reasons for that. For sure. But I know, I know that there are a lot of women who are not menopaused who deal yes. with this. And so I was just curious if, if you had any stats on that. I think it's always helpful for the audience to to know that they're not alone in whatever they're doing. Yeah, for with. sure. I think the number 30% comes to my mind, but I want to say that has something to do with orgasm. Women who don't experience orgasm or who do, there's some number 30% coming to my mind. But yeah, sorry, I don't have more of the science statistics. That, that, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so let's jump back into your own sort of personal experience with this. So we were talking a moment ago about sort of your journey. And, and so, you know, there were blocks that were preventing you from being able to access that level of sexuality. Right. You know, as, as a you know, trained Tantra counselor, one of the things that uh, I learned in Tantra training was uh, the phrase, what's in the way? And that's literally one of the phrases that Tantra would use. So Tantra is about enabling, right, this yeah. flow of sexual energy. Uh, and they'll look at it through a lot of different lenses. They'll look at it through the lens of chakras and moving energy and stuff like that. But that's not the only lens. And the question is always, what is in the way? So maybe you could talk a little bit uh, more about I... what was in the way for you and Absolutely. we don't necessarily yet need to go into the fixes, which we will get to, though. Okay. <laughs> um, because I, I have a feeling that what you're going to share are probably things that a lot of women experience. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing that is in the way is tension. So tension really comes in like three forms, mental, emotional, and physical. 
nine times out of 10, physical tension, like tightness in the body is related to either mental or emotional tension. Mental tension and emotional tension. Mental tension would be like, I'm up in my head a lot. I'm thinking about all the things. I have a lot of stress in my life and I can't stop thinking or I had a fight with my partner and it's weighing down on me and I, I can't stop thinking about it. That's like mental tension. Emotional tension looks like, um, you know, maybe I, you know, I know this is true for me. I grew up in a family where like, it was not okay to express anger. If I was angry, don't be angry. Don't be angry. Why are you angry? Don't be angry. So I learned over time to like shut down my anger. So I had a lot of um, tension around that particular feeling, that particular emotion, for example. Um, in my relationship, it was um, when I was married, also very like not an emotionally safe place. There was a lot of uh yelling there was some physical stuff that happened so it wasn't really a place where I felt like I could really be all of me so I had a lot of tension that I was holding in my body which results in mental and emotional tension often results in physical tension which can show up as numbness or lack of sensation in the body so as I was sharing earlier when I started to self-pleasure and really work with my body and my sexuality and my turn-on I had a lot of lack of sensation in the genitals and then I had that big emotional release and suddenly I had more sensation. So that's just a symptom of the emotional tension, which was resulting, the manifestation of that was numbness, but it can also show up as like physical pain or tightness in the chest or in the throat. Um, So that's really the biggest thing that's in the way for most people initially, the counterbalance to that, which is, this is sort of getting into part of the solution, which I won't go deep into that yet, but how we work with that is by by practicing relaxation, conscious relaxation, which automatically kind of feeds into like slowing way down and getting more present in the body um, and learning how to just, um, you know, instead of fighting what's there, like, oh, no, I feel numb, so I shouldn't feel numb. Let me try to like give more stimulation so I can feel more. That's like what a, a lot of times we'll do try to add more so all we're doing bigger is better vibrator get out yeah. the hitachi right or bdsm right beat the crap out of me so i feel <laughs> something yeah exactly exactly we try to add more to get more sensation and really the path to deeper sensitivity into even more orgasmic states is actually through the opposite through slowing down and softening and like leaning towards that this is very much like the tantric path right it's like saying yes to the thing that's there, not coming into resistance with it. So for most people, it's some form of tension. Um, and the you know the solution to that is relaxation. And then there's presence and awareness, which are like the other two pieces. I call these the um, the pleasure keys: relaxation, presence, and awareness. These are like the three things that are really just principles. They're not techniques. They're more just principles that and open that gateway into deeper levels of pleasure, arousal, desire, connection, and orgasmic states. So I have another question for you that is not on my list here in front of me, but it's something that I was thinking about. When we're talking about what's in the way or what are the blocks, one thing that I have seen, and I'm curious if you've seen this also, that for a lot of women early on when they're very young and they start becoming sexual and they have sexual experiences, Obviously, the young, you know, men slash boys that they're having experiences with have no idea what they're doing and actually inadvertently cause a lot of trauma. And so one of the things that I've seen is that those early experiences tend to create layers of emotional and potentially physical trauma that then block women from being able to access their sexuality as fully as they could later on in adulthood. Do you, do you see a similar thing in your work? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what I see, particularly from the feminine perspective on this, is that we as women typically don't even know that something else is available to us. So what we've gotten is like, you know, sex that's over in like two to five or seven minutes, seven minutes if we're lucky. That's kind of like a long time out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And sex, it's all about just getting to the orgasm. Um, which I know you and I talked about this, but on average, it's, you know, 22 minutes or longer of foreplay before a woman is consistently orgasmic during penetration. So we don't know that generally. We have that education when we're young or even when we're older. Like so many women don't even know this, even they're in their 50s and beyond. 
Um, so what I see happen is more like that women don't know that anything else is possible or that any other type of sex is even available. So what we do is we just kind of settle for what we're getting. And unfortunately, what we're getting when it's like that, what we just described, um, it doesn't facilitate the opening of the woman's body or her sexuality. So what we're doing a lot as women is allowing stuff to come in to penetrate us when we're not really, our bodies aren't really a full, open, willing yes. And over time, that does create sort of a disinterest in sex. Um, we're not getting much out of it. So it's like, why would we want something that's not enjoyable that we're not getting anything out of? And also kind of hardens that, um, you know, the, the opening to the yoni is very uh, sensitive and it's all about um, deep honoring and deep respect, but we're always shoving stuff in there, right? Penises, tampons, the OBGYN, vibrators, dildos, like stuff is getting kind of shoved in there unconsciously and a lot of times before our bodies are really ready. And so that's a really big part of what can lead to like little, like micro traumas, right? It might not be that you were sexually assaulted, but when you have that kind of interaction with your body again and again and again, it registers in the body as, as a trauma or a lack of, um, lack, like lack of respect, like a violation. It can register as violation in the body. Yeah. So, you know, earlier when I was mentioning trauma, I didn't necessarily mean being raped. I meant yeah. just not being respected uh, potentially yes. being used as just an object, no presence, yep. uh, just yes. complete unconscious sexual experiences can cause yes. those kinds of traumas. And, yes. you know, I mean, today there's a lot of talk about microaggressions and micro traumas. And honestly, I think a lot of it is complete nonsense, to be honest. But in this case, there is some validity to that, that, that these sort of early experiences create small traumas that you're not aware of that build up tension in the yes. genitals and in the body that then cause problems later on. Um, and I like the piece that you brought up about uh, we don't even know what's possible because we've never had anything good. So one of the very first yeah. things that I uh, say to men uh, when they're coming to me, they're like, how can I have more sex? She never wants to have sex and she's not interested in this, that, and the other thing. The very first thing I say to them is you're not going to want to hear this, but if she's not interested in sex, it's probably because she's not getting the kind of sex she wants. So true. I mean, boom, mic drop right there. It's like, if you, so if you are fucking your woman into oblivion, if you are making her so open, if she like goes into alternate dimensions as a result of the lovemaking experience that you've had, trust me, she will want sex. She will be interested in sex. She will be asking so for sex, right? She will be begging for sex. <laughs> she will be begging for sex. She will worship you like a god, but you also have to worship her like the goddess, which leads me to the next point that I wanted to bring up that you talked about, about that sort of, we're always shoving things in there, right? And we're, you know, we're not respecting it for what it is. This is another absolute beautiful thing that Tantra teaches. Tantra teaches literally to worship the pussy. In so much so in a sense that they literally have a yoni gazing practice where your yep. job is to sit there and just stare at a woman's open yoni for like hours. <laughs> no touching, nothing else, just stare at it. And you know what yeah. happens when most men do that? If they, if they do it honestly and they're not sitting there like counting the time, they end up like in tears eventually. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. I know that practice. I actually did that practice on a women's retreat with another female. Um, it was so profound. I was crying. I'd never been witnessed in that way, just with love and with presence. And, you know, and obviously it was a retreat type of setting so it wasn't you know there, it wasn't like any sex was going to happen or it wasn't a man trying to get down my pants you know it was just very safe and it was it's I've teach that practice in one of my women's programs because of the healing nature of it like just to be witnessed in that way and how vulnerable that felt and like even almost how scary it felt like oh my gosh like someone's looking at me down there and you know like oh you know, like um, but it was healing. And then when it was my turn to do that on her, like that was also extremely, it was so beautiful. Like I've just never had an experience like that. Um, but yes, the Yoni is like, it's, I think that word even means like portal to the divine. Like it, 
it has mm-hmm. some meaning in mm-hmm. Sanskrit mm-hmm. that might, is something like that. I'm probably butchering the actual definition of it, but um, yeah. So there's really like this healing that can happen when a woman, what it's very hard to give ourselves the time that our bodies actually need because we have this psychological stuff. If we're with a partner, what happens for a lot of women is like, oh my gosh, he's going to get bored. I'm taking too long. Oh, he's ready. And if I take too long, he's going to lose his erection. So let's just, let's just get it going on. You know, let's just go. And so what we're doing a lot is we're letting ourselves be penetrated really before our bodies are a full and open and willing. Yes. There is a huge difference when you really give your body that time you will know what it's like when you're a full yes. I mean, when you're a full yes, it's almost like I need you in me like right the fuck now. Yes. And those are the words that she will actually say because I have heard those words many times. And every time I do, I'm like, yes. yes. It's for the man too. When your woman is like really in that place, it's almost like what the yoni will actually do. You might've experienced this, Kevin, but what it will actually do it will literally draw the penis or the delta or the yoni egg or the finger or whatever. It will literally pull it in. It's mm-hmm. like it's inviting that into the say what is the sacred temple, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> it pulls in physically yeah. and energetically both. You can feel it yeah. for sure. And it is a very different experience for the woman as well. And it's hard for a lot of women, first of all, to give themselves and their bodies the time that it really needs because it could be a while. The other piece is like cultivating that discernment. So one of the things that I did when I was on that whole exploration of my sexuality was I really made a commitment um, a to myself before I had a sexual partner in my life. And I'm not going to penetrate myself with anything until I, you know, I'm really open and feeling it. But then with my partner, it was so healing about that was to be in a partnered situation where I had a partner who was like, take all the time you need. Like I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. And like how he was literally like, your wish is my command. How can I serve you? You know, like it was so amazing. Um, and so he really helped me with that commitment because he also knew that if I was in that more expanded state where my body was ready, that he was also going to get to reach higher levels of pleasure and bliss and yes, orgasm. Yes. Oh, I have to pause yeah. you there for a moment because we have to talk about this. This is really it. important. Okay. There are a ton of people out there these days doing all these polarity teachings. Now, I'm a big fan of polarity stuff. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of them take it too far and say things like, you shouldn't do what you just said, worshiping her and pleasuring her and giving all that because that's servitude. And somehow, you know, that's, that's ruining the polarity. This is complete nonsense. This is a, so one of the things that I'm always, always, always trying really hard to get men to understand is what you just said, which is that, okay, let's say a woman is where you were, right? It might take more of that service to her to get her to open up. But once she does open up and she gets to those higher states that we talked about, she's then in turn Going to, you know, I always say like a woman multiplies everything that you give her, right? You know, you, you give her sperm, she creates a baby. You give her, you know, groceries, she creates an amazing meal. You give her a house, she turns it into a home. Like she will multiply whatever you give her. The same is true for the sexual energy and attention and presence that you give her. She will multiply that back. And so I'm telling guys all the time, be patient, Put in the time, do the service, because I guarantee you it will come back in devotion, in love, in more sex, in better sex, in more orgasms, and all of that. Yeah, no, you are totally right. And something that I want to add to this is um, this is really the sacred practice of giving and receiving, which is truly like actually a divine initiation, which I think is very misunderstood. And we're also sort of brainwashed because of our religious programming in the West. It's better to give than to receive. That got way distorted because receiving and giving are actually two sides of the same coin. One of the things, you know, part of the feminine sexual practice is actually, I mean, our bodies are designed to receive, number one. So just like, look at that, like it's built into our anatomy. But also there's this aspect of, you know, most of us have a lot of, um, either we have a, a block to being able to really receive. And that might be, we're not supposed to receive, we have that conditioning, right? Or or like I'm supposed to serve 
my partner. So I'm just going to kind of let him penetrate me. I'm supposed to keep him happy, um, giving, giving, giving. And then of course, if you have children, you're raising kids, you, you know, or you're working a job. So we're giving all the time. So part of it is also about the woman learning how to expand her own capacity for receiving, whether that be pleasure, um, or, you know, really attend receiving attention. A lot of times what we'll do is to like, oh, you know, instead of like, oh, well, thank you. Like actually there's so many different ways we can practice deep receiving because what will automatically happen if her capacity to receive, if a woman just works on that part of it and she has a partner who's willing to be in service to that, what happens when she receives, 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 and is so full, it will automatically shift into like, oh my God, I want to worship your cock and like fuck your brains out. And like, like it, it reverses because yes. the fullness just overflows. And I had that experience um, myself when I learned, you know, I just learned to receive, 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 receive. That lover that I was with, again, was like, how can I serve you? You know, he was more than happy to like, just give, give, give. And it literally happened. It took like probably a few months of me just being in that deep receiving and and letting myself not feeling guilty for it. But like it came showering back on him like he did not know what had happened. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly how it happened. So men, trust me, trust me, this happens. And your, your description of your journey is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Because you had the tension and were more shut down, it took a little while. But yeah. once it happened, right... So what I want guys to understand is it's not going to take six months and then she gives you a bunch of love and attention and worships your cock for a day or a week. And then it takes another six months for her to build up enough to be able to do that. No, no. Once you really crack her open or she cracks herself open, really, and she's just, it's going to just flow like that back and forth. You know, obviously yeah. mileage varies. We all have times where, you know, things are right. hard. But in general, this is going to be a regular occurrence for her. Yeah. And I think it's really important for the men listening out there, as well as the women who are listening to this, you know, what, what's needed, because you can't force the rose to bloom. So a man could be in service to his woman and she could still be just not, oh, nope, I'm refusing to open. You can't force the rose to bloom. So this is why I really, you know, talk to women is, you know, it's about trust, um, there's different levels of trust that really have to be in place. And the first level of trust is her capacity to trust herself, to trust her own body, to trust her, the flows of emotion that we are designed, like our bodies as women, are, we are designed to channel the universe through our bodies, which shows up as like every possible range of emotion, you know, that's possible of being felt, right? That's really the gift of the feminine when we really develop that range as women. But starting out, it can feel very, very scary for a lot of women to start to feel their own sensations and then also that emotional flow that we're designed to embody. Um, so there's that piece. And then there's also the relational space of her capacity to feel trust and safety with her partner. So one of the things that men can do to help facilitate that is you can ask her, like, what do you need right now? What would you need to be able to feel safe? Or what would you need to be able to relax just a little tiny bit more, even a centimeter? I'll say that to my my clients. Like, what would you need from him so that you could trust even just a centimeter more? Can you find one thing that he can do right now that would help you feel like you can relax and just trust just a little bit more and she'll find something that might even be like i need you just to um to like take a deep breath and relax your shoulders right so there's a lot of ways to work with that um so for the men just start with that one right yeah. like what would you need right now so that you could feel safe so we're going to go into what women can do and men can do more. But I've been so into this conversation, I'm past time to do a break. So I'm going to do oh, a short break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about both of those things. I want to talk about what the women can do for themselves to help this. And then, of course, what the men can do. We've, we've touched on it a little bit, but I want to do it a little deeper and just a little bit more organized so people have a plan going forward. All right. Hey guys, do you know what makes a man great? You know the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want. It's everything you're listening to right now. <laughs> Which is why I'm reading this ad, right? So, you know, is it is it money? Is it job title? Is physical body being great in bed? Any of that stuff. What if you don't have those or only some of them? What if you've had a string of failed relationships, are embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? Then I can help you. If you are ready to make big changes and finally be 
become the man you have always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, please go to kevinanseline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. The link is in the description. That is kevinanseline.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. This is the program where I get to teach you all of these things that we're talking about today personally. Of course, you can go to Power Mastery and you can learn a lot of it there as well. But this is my one-on-one men's coaching program where I get to teach you how to do these things so that you can have the kinds of experiences that we're talking about today. All right, let's go back a little bit and let's talk about women. So you've already talked about the fact that this journey really starts from the inside with women, that they have to embark on this journey and they have to remove the blocks so that they can make themselves open to really receive in the way that they are capable of. So what can women do to solve that? Yeah, well, I would say the first piece is this principle of relaxation, which is so critical. So even just carving out time to engage in a practice of conscious relaxation, which could look like getting in a nice quiet room, light some, put on some soft music, set some pillows up or put a yoga mat on the floor and let your body just soften and relax. Um, One of the quickest ways to get out of the head and into the present moment, because what'll happen is you'll probably go up in your head and you'll be thinking like, okay, how much time is left? Can I get on to the next thing? The next piece is really being able to be present in the body. And so the quickest bridge to the present moment is actually through physical sensation. Um, So one of the practices I share is really pulls from a system of yoga called yoga nidra. Some of you might've heard of that system of yoga, but in its simplest form in the West, we would call it mindfulness. It's really just where we're tracking physical sensations in the body. So we're actually training our consciousness or our attention to be in the body by tracking physical sensations. And what automatically happens is we get more present in the body and in the present moment, um, the mind will relax. We won't actually, we don't have to like clear thoughts or get rid of thoughts or attack negative thoughts, like none of that. All we have to really do is shift where our attention is. So shifting it from doing the grocery list in my head to, oh, okay, what sensations am I noticing right now in my body? So as I'm sitting here, I can feel like the weight of my arm on my leg. I feel the back of my thighs on the on the couch. So I'm, I'm present. It's bringing me into the present moment. And then the the last piece is really awareness. Where is my awareness? I can choose to hold my awareness on my genitals. I could choose to hold my awareness kind of maybe in my chest. I could choose to hold my awareness in my entire body all at one time. So those are kind of like the three principles. But the first piece of that is just help your body learn how to relax. Um, I do have a resource for that. Actually, I could get you the link on it if you want to share it with your listeners. Um, I can get you a link. It's called the Sensual Awareness Technique. It's just a guided meditation audio that help could people could use it. It would walk them through that practice very, very simply. The relaxation piece is what when we relax, we're going to encounter all of the stuff that we weren't feeling before, where the tension was wrapped around that. And so that can be very scary too, because that could look like emotional content that we've been avoiding. Or if someone has had a lot of um, trauma in their background, sometimes that nervous system isn't going to want to relax. It it can be challenging, right? Because it's very vulnerable to be in that relaxed state. Yet it's really like also really critical practice of um, being able to start, even if it's just a little bit, like learning how to feel safe in your body and and you just titrate it. So we don't want to overwhelm our nervous system. So if someone is, you know, you're learning how to relax and it gets to be too much, just take a break and come back to it later. And maybe you go a little longer the next time. We don't want to overwhelm our nervous systems. Yeah, that's a great start. Um, I had another, another thing that, oh yeah, it just came back to me. It went away for a moment, but now it's back. So speaking of things that women can do, and they can do this on themselves or they can uh, enroll somebody else into doing it, but a practice that my wife used to do when she worked with women was something called yoni clocking, right? Um, and that, that does involve actual touch in the genitals, but it's sort of going around and mapping around the different quadrants internally and just using gentle pressure in a safe environment and the emotional releases that would come out of doing that work were huge 
there's so much stuff that gets that gets held inside there that just needs to be released. Absolutely. You know, our genitals as women specifically too, I mean, we're designed to absorb energy. So what we'll do is we'll stuff a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff into <laughs> our genitals. And right. And so that is kind of what tends to come out. I love the genital clocking is wonderful. Um, self-pleasure. I also even almost hesitate to call it self-pleasure because I know for a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, it's not really that pleasurable when they first start to engage with their own bodies. There's a lot of shame, or there's not a lot of sensation, or it feels awkward, or there's embarrassment. So it doesn't always feel pleasurable. But as a way to start to lead into that, what I would suggest, if, it, if it's challenging for you to touch yourself, women out there that are listening, to even start with just like a hand over your genitals with through the clothes even like just starting to like bring a connection from the genitals and then also up into the heart center so some of what happens is we have this disconnect between love and sex that you know a lot that's like a whole other podcast we need maybe mm -hmm. to do a part two on that but what you can do another practice is holding awareness in the heart center but also in in the womb right below the belly button or the hara and eastern traditions it's called the hara or dantian or a hand on the genitals and connecting these two points just with, you know, just by softening towards, we don't have to really use a lot of visualization though. Sometimes if there's a lot of disconnect from the sex center, which that was the case for me, I, I couldn't, I really had a hard time connecting my heart to my sex center. It was like, I got frustrated. I wanted to give up. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get this. And I would start crying. <laughs> But what happens is, um, or what's helpful is sometimes maybe visualize, like putting a hand there so there's a sensation, or maybe a gentle visualization like a picture of a flower or a version of yourself kind of like hanging out in that part of your body. So we're actually connecting love and sex, connecting those two points, which opens that channel potentially for some of that trapped emotional energy to actually process out the heart, which is where it wanted to come out in the first place, but didn't. Um, so that's another one too. I call it heart the heart to womb practice um, is a really beautiful, very simple, but actually extremely profound practice that can really help women be able to um, kind of open up that channel so some of that material can start to move. Yeah, that that really is a big one. Unfortunately, a lot of women have have broken that connection between their heart and their sex, and they you know, in, in many cases, it's because they were engaged in sexual activities with partners who there was no heart there, or if they if they did open their heart, their heart would get broken, and so they learned to just shut the heart part down and just do the physical part, right? But that right. creates a disconnect. So absolutely. And it shuts down the yoni. I mean, so for women, our emotions, we have two hearts, right? We've got the womb and we have the this heart up here in the chest. These are like our two hearts in the woman's body. And so when we're shut down emotionally, our sexuality shuts down. So part of the pathway to pleasure and arousal and desire for women is by actually learning to, um, to open up the emotions through the heart center, but also while it's in union with our sex. And so that's sort of a, you know, that gets more into kind of some of the feminine spiritual practice, but it's actually extremely relevant to our sexual opening as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have more time to go into that stuff as well, but we are very close to the end of the show and I want to talk about uh, the men's role and what they can do to help facilitate this. Yeah. Oh, well, what I would say is, you know, one of the biggest things is presence, a man's presence. Um, as women, whether you are aware of it or not, we are so sensitive to whether a man is really there with us with his full consciousness. We can feel it when you go up in your head and you start to go visualize some you know, porn in your head or, you know, or when you're thinking about the football game or when you're somewhere else other than like completely in the moment with us, like we feel that. Um, so that's really important. And I'm sure that Kevin, you're probably like a master at helping men with that. So any men listening? you know, go sign up for Kevin's program. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the big reasons why I don't teach a practice for lasting longer that a lot of people teach, which is, you know, like counting or thinking about something else, you know, the, the famous Austin Powers, uh, Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day, right? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that because it takes you out of that moment. Yeah. You're not present anymore. Yeah. And you are absolutely right. The second we check out, no matter what it is, thinking about the bills we got to pay, the football game, the porn that we like, or trying to last longer, the second we do that, you feel it and it negatively impacts your experience as well. 
Absolutely. So that one piece alone, man, if you can really bring that, I mean, that's enough, honestly, to bring a woman into orgasm without even touching her. Like I have had that experience in the presence of a really conscious man, like our bodies can, you know, if we're skilled in that capacity to surrender and open, like there, no contact even has to happen. So you could like literally fuck your woman from across the room. Like that's hot, right? Mm hmm. But then there is the other piece, too, of letting her know she could take all the time that you need. I'm not in a rush. I'm good. What can I do to help you relax? Um, so there's that piece of helping encourage her and reassure her that you're not in any hurry to get anywhere. The other piece, you know, there's a few pieces here, but another piece is the lasting longer. So if you're you're done in like two minutes, guys, like it's just you're never going to help her blossom into those states of pleasure and and relaxation that she really wants whether she knows it or not that's where the juice is that's where her desire for you is really going to come online like we talked about earlier she will become a cock worshiping goddess if there's something in it for her so really like invest and take the time to learn how to last longer um, it's essential. It is absolutely yeah, it's essential. Yeah, it's a key for a happy world because, you know, when men are getting laid, the world is a better place. We probably have far less war. And when women are actually enjoying sex, the world is a better place, too, when there's enjoyment and women are in their pleasure. I mean, wow, you know, who doesn't want want that? And if there's more in it for her, she's going to want it more. Absolutely. I would add in, I'm not necessarily adding because you've already talked about these things, but just to reiterate them in the context that we're talking about now, a couple other things that men can do um, are creating an environment of safety, right? So that she feels safe to really open up. Uh, I did an entire hour long episode just on safety and what that means and how you can create it. So go look that up. And along with that is also trust. She's got to be able to trust. If you really want her to really open up, like the, the, the most basic layer of trust is you're not going to hurt her, okay? The next layer is you're, you're not going to accidentally ejaculate inside of her in five minutes, right? <laughs> but, but then there are more and more layers of trust on top of that as well. And then one thing that I will add that you talked about from the women's side, but I'm going to yeah. say that it's also good from the men's side, which is men, if you can fuck your woman, not just with your cock, but also with your heart and mind. Like my wife used to call it the three minds. And one of the big things she used to teach men was how to integrate the three minds. If you can show up during lovemaking with all three of those integrated and you're giving all three of those to her, that is going to make a huge, huge difference. Huge difference because there's a disconnect too in men between the heart and the cock. So there, you know, that again, part two, maybe <laughs> we'll do a part two on this. Right. But the disconnect between sex and love, there's really an opportunity for the unification of those two seemingly polar opposites to unify. I mean, that's really the ultimate practice, I think, of what a man and a woman can do sexually is the unification of that, but we can also do it internally in our own bodies. Um, one thing I'd love to add real quick to the safety piece, I know we're running out of time for the women listening. Um, I would really encourage you to also kind of fe feel into like, what would you need? What could you ask your partner for? Like, how could you maybe help him create safety for you? Um, that might mean you need to hear certain words or you need to know that he's going to be there next to you afterwards. He's not going to like go out to the bar to meet up with the guys. Roll like, over and fall asleep immediately. <laughs> roll and fall asleep. Like identify like what is the thing that you would need so that um, so that this could feel like a safe interaction for you. Um, that piece has really been helpful for me personally if really you know again like really trying to take responsibility for my experience and the sexual occasion so that I can blossom and open into my full pleasure because I know if someone can't isn't willing maybe to provide that for me it's fine if there are no but then I also know that's not going to feel like a safe interaction for me and my body to open for yeah. me to go deep into my pleasure like I want to um if someone's not willing to provide the things that I need to make it safe then I'm not going to want to choose to be sexual with that person for yeah. example Absolutely. All of that is wonderful. So there's one last thing, since we're talking about what men can do, that I absolutely have to bring up. Because if, if you're really working on this, men, both of you, both partners are really working on this, developing this opening, this is going to happen. And when it does, you need to understand how to deal with it. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about 
when she does start to open and release some of this emotion, some of this, you know, stuck tension, she might burst into tears. She might have some other emotional release. Uh, she, her body could go into convulsions. There's like a lot of reactions that could potentially happen. And so I have to say to the men, don't go into fix-it mode. Don't go into, oh, what, what, what's wrong? You're crying. Let, what, what can I do? Like, if that happens, and it will, it's happened to me numerous times with partners. Uh, you know, one example of that is we were talking about the yoni clocking, right? And there have been times where we've developed this really deep level of, you know, emotional connection in the moment, and there's just slow lovemaking. And I might be moving around and changing the angle that, that my penis touches her on the inside. And, and it's happened numerous times where you hit a point. And there's just this emotional release and she'll just burst into tears. And it's not because it hurt or was painful. It's just because it released some of that stuck stuff that was in there, right? So you as a man need to know that is okay. Just let her do it. All you need to do is hold her. And then if she asks I, for something, that's different. Please share your, your thoughts on that. I am like so glad that you just like shared that um because i hadn't really thought to bring that up but it is so 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 true because um that's again it's part of presence it's part of like staying with her like our bodies as women i mean we are designed to literally channel the universe through our bodies and what that looks like is deep you know surrender it's the path of surrender that is really our orgasmic bliss and the feminine expansion into orgasm and pleasure it's about surrender and letting go and riding the wave of whatever peace comes through whether that's tears or laughter or deep states of pleasure or you know intense energies um that part of safety is like a man that can stay with her in that um and not trying to fix it. if you try to fix her she's going to be like feel like something's wrong with her she's going to she's going to shut back down and her yoni's going to shut down with that. Um, so I love Kevin that you just said that. And it's something that I do when I'm working with my <laughs> couples. I, you know, like I coach the men on that too, because right, you, you guys, you just want your woman to be happy, but here's a reframe on that. Um, you know, that I would say I am happy when I'm feeling all of myself deeply, like no matter what's coming out, like that is have that's a happy place for me because it's flowing and I'm opening and I'm expanding. Um, so to know that like that's actually um, a really, really good thing. And it's a sign that she trusts you and trust yes. is really that's the portal in, especially if you want to get to any kind of deeper orgasmic experiences. Um, cervical orgasms for one are really dependent on that capacity to really trust and open. So you're moving in the right direction if she bursts into tears. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just, it's an opening. It's going to open her. It's it's a good sign. It's a good sign. You're absolutely right. She will not allow herself to go there if she doesn't feel safe and really trust you. Yeah. And I think for after the event too, I mean, I get it. Like it can feel like a lot on a guy's nervous system. I'm sure, I don't know, Kevin, I'm not a man, but like, I'm wondering, have you ever felt like you've just got blasted by something like maybe you need to kind of pull away so that you can reset? Does that happen for men? I'm really curious because I've had experiences where like my expression has been like so much, it's like almost too much. <laughs> and then like, it's like the guy has to pull away and that can be really, that's really challenging. And I've experienced that. And I think that can happen. It can happen, but it only happens to men who haven't done their end of the work. Okay. Right. So if they haven't really done the work to be able to feel that kind of intense emotion coming from their partner, then one of their strategies to deal with that is to pull away. Mm -hmm. But my personal experience, like I said, I have experienced this with multiple partners. It happened early on when my wife and I first got together and she was already, yeah. you know, working in this field. She was a pretty sexually liberated and free woman. Oh, Her emotions flowed and still that happened actually it happened twice with us early on in our relationship. Yeah. It has happened recently with a woman that I've been spending time with. And, and yeah. so, but because I understand what's happening, I don't take it on personally. I just hold space for it. Right. Yeah. 
But a lot of times men think I did something wrong or what's going on. And they, right. they want to go into fix it mode. They don't know what to do about it. They're overwhelmed by it. And they're just like, ah, and they either do nothing or they'll pull away or, you know, they'll do something wrong, you know, wrong in a sense that they'll, they'll, they'll try to do more or do or fix, you know? So there's a, like, yeah. they might pull away and be way over here and distant, right? Or they might be trying to do too much to try to fix the problem. Totally. An emotionally mature man who has done his own inner work and it doesn't get knocked off his center by a sudden rush of emotion from his woman won't have that reaction. And by the way, man, that is a master skill for just being in relationship to begin with. Because you just told us, Susan, that in your happy place is when your emotions are flowing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Women are emotional creatures. They're going yeah. to have emotions. And if they're not having emotions, that's bad. That means they're shut down, right? So you oh, as a man, if you get knocked off your center every time she has an emotional release, you are going to have a very difficult relationship. <laughs> so you need to learn not to do that. You need to be solid and centered in your own self so that you don't get... And this is the thing too. And you can tell me, please, I'd love to hear your, your uh, opinion on this. But what you're seeking, one of the things that you're seeking from a man is you want him to be that rock. You want to yeah. be able to go into that emotional reaction and know that he's totally. going to be right there. Abs, no, totally, totally true. Absolutely. Because if if not, it's like it's not a safe place then for me personally to want. I can't surrender into that if mm-hmm. there's just, you know, Pull, uh, pulling away and disappearing. There's nothing for me to like surrender into. Um, I think also another important piece with this for the women out there listening is that we don't need a reason. We don't need a reason. If there's emotions coming up and the tears are flowing, like there, we don't need to have a reason why we're crying. Like it's okay to just let the emotions flow and have tears or anger or like whatever the thing is to let it just move through the body. And if you do that and just let it flow, it's going to shift into something different. Um, many times it can even shift into intense sexual pleasure. I've had that experience too. Mm-hmm. You know, any of our emotions are all tied into our sexual life force energy, even if it's anger or fear. Um, our capacity to actually embody that and feel it fully, it turns into orgasmic energy. That's literally the substance of the universe. Um, it's just that we've put labels on it. It's like, oh, it's bad, or I need a reason to cry, or I shouldn't be feeling angry. Um, but the embrace of all of it through our bodies and even in a partnered sexual situation is like, it can be like extremely hot and really powerful. So we don't need a reason to have certain feelings. I just want to put that out there for the women, just learn and develop your capacity to feel and to allow them to flow through your body. Yeah. Not only do you not need a reason, but men, you don't need for them to give you a reason. Right. Because that's the thing. It's like, we want to, what's go, why did this happen? How can we not have this happen? You, you, yes. you don't need to, to know that because there, there doesn't yes. need to be a reason to begin with. She can't give you a reason that doesn't exist anyway. Yeah. Don't ask her why. Why are you crying right now? Don't. You're just going to put her up in her head and then she's going to have to start thinking, which is going to take her out of her feeling state and her yoni's going to shrivel up and like the whole thing's going to be ruined. <laughs> yeah. And the reality is, is if you just hold space for her, eventually she will want to share with you what happened. Maybe not in that moment, might be after the lovemaking, might be tomorrow, right? But eventually, if she feels safe and trusts you, she's going to want to open up and share. But if you force it, shut down. Totally true. Yes, agreed. All right, this this has been a fascinating conversation. We are a little bit over time, but that's okay. <laughs> it was absolutely worth it. And I want to give you uh, an a uh, chance to tell everybody where they can find more from you. And then I have one more quick question afterwards. Okay. Yes. You can find more of me on my web. I have two websites, pathway to pleasure.com or susanmorgantaylor.com. I also have a little freebie ebook that talks about the pleasure keys. Those three principles that we talked about earlier. If anyone's interested in that, you can get that at pleasurekeys.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Susan Morgan Taylor. Awesome. So all of those links will be in the description and uh, we'll get that link in there also for the meditation that you mentioned earlier. Yes. And all right, my last question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, and this ought to be a good answer. (laughs) No pressure, by the way. Um, (laughs) But knowing where you're at in your own evolution, I imagine this will probably be a good answer, but it is. What is your best sexual talent? 
My best sexual talent is what we were just talking about. It's my capacity to surrender fully and let the universe move through me, which looks all different kinds of ways, lots of waves of pleasure and emotion and anything and everything. I am a channel for that. So for any men listening that didn't just have their minds blown by that answer, it's only because you've never actually experienced it. If you have ever been with a woman who really was that open and that receiving and an actual channel for that universal energy, you would know you would know how like how big that answer was that she just gave. That is, from my opinion, when it comes to making love to a woman, sort of the holy grail. Like if you can find a woman who can be that and really embody that, that's when the lovemaking gets to those other dimensional crazy amazing places indeed and learn how to stay with her in that during and after for the man so that's where you come in kevin so men mm-hmm. <laughs> go work with kevin on that part because we need more men that can uh that have the capacity for that yes we do and just like you said when both men and women are having the best most amazing sex and a lot of it the world literally is a better place All right, Susan, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and your expertise and, you know, being vulnerable and open uh, in your own experience. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. All right, everybody, that's all I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. I hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join me in the Passion Vault at kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. That's kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Celine used to say, you're amazing.